Alright, so what's going on here guys? This is the NBA Fan Crazy Podcast. Lots happened since I last been on the podcast January 17th. Like, the NBA season's over. The Milwaukee Bucks won the championship over the Phoenix Suns. Giannis might as well just get his um, coronation of best player in the league. But I don't think that's true. And before I get into the topic of what I've been doing all this time and my dive into the ABA, which is what I've been doing around this time. It's interesting to find people who criticize analysts and writers about fan people, about them not thinking Giannis was not a good playoff player about like eight months or one year back. Well, guess what? These same people are criticizing these writers or not thinking the same way everyone thinks now. These exact are the exact same people who criticized and bashed and crushed Giannis on Twitter, on YouTube, one year back. Now they act like they never did that. I find it hard to believe how much, how many people can just act like that never happened. Like Giannis has always been this god-like player, how everyone speaks of him. Like, I mean, I've listened to podcasts about. My older players raving about Giannis. I've listened to one or two podcasts about two players from the 60s raving about how Giannis has given a fresh breath while being while staying in Milwaukee and winning. Like, yes, I appreciate all that, but it's like people want to glorify and romanticize this thing so much than it already than it actually is. People act like he's he's number He's probably number two or number three on my list, but people are acting like this is so much more than it already is. Criticizing the writers who at the time, the same exact thing you were going off, but now you are the benefit of hindsight. Now go back on videos like, hey, say, lo, who, who's here when Giannis won the chip? Lol at these guys. Well, well, in fact, you guys are doing the same exact thing. But you're, you're off the hook because no one remembers what a random guy thought on December 10th, 2020 about Giannis, okay? I find it hard to believe how so many fans get off the hook for saying, Oh my God, Giannis is this God when they were crushing him one year back. Absolutely unbelievable how much fans... Fans um, arguably forget that hypocrisy of how Giannis played. Like, I'm like, yeah, Giannis is good. And I have the same mindset. I'm not deviating off that. I give him props for his championship while also recognizing he needed breaks to get in. And I saw people comparing it to Dirksen. And as a fan, I've been watching since 2016. So, I... Probably haven't seen so much of Dirksen. Maybe like one, like three or four games of how good he played. And by the way people judge how well Dirk played in 2011, it's like he defeated the Lakers, the Odin and Roy Blazers. It's like Giannis's achievement pales in comparison to how people... How people's narrative on Dirk changed when he won that 2011 ship. I'm just going off the words of other people because I don't want to make assumptions on things that I haven't seen. It's one rule of mine first and foremost. Like, 
I try not to make assumptions of things I've never seen. I go off other other people's words and some highlight film that I watch. I know I know it's kind of lame, but I don't I don't want to be the guy who does that. So now coming to my um, thing on the ABA, it's like people just remember the na- ABA for the namesake. It's it's dunk contest. Pretty much all people know and. A casual fan remembers about the ABA, like, a okay casual fan remembers about the ABA is the last year of the ABA and Julius Irving winning the dunk contest in Denver and him um, and them winning the last game six in Nassau Coliseum or the David Thompson, Dan Ersel and Bobby Jones Nuggets. Like, they came back from down 20, 20 down or something like that to win the game. 22 down there. So, I decided to just go on a deep dive and from the surface on, and I've also read Bill Simmons' book, The Book of Basketball, it's a really good read. By the way, that only came out in 2009, so he's doing Book of Basketball 2.0 through a podcast, not necessarily a book. Take a very long time to do a book on this. So, so the gist of what I'm saying is... From the namesake and all the relocation, part of me felt like the ABA was somewhat inferior to the NBA in terms of how financially, from the surface, when I see the talent and see so many relocations in one or two years, it's like these the the league wasn't wasn't financially stable. So many owners going broke and how they can't handle teams right now and selling it off to relocate. Part of my memories that come to mind, the Oakland Hawks. Just one, that season after they won a championship, singer Pat Boone, like he couldn't take it anymore. The financial loss because they were playing at the Oakland Alameda Coliseum where the Golden State Warriors played, but most of the time they played at Cow Palace. But this was the Warriors' main venue. But they weren't weren't attracting fans like the NBA did. They weren't attracting fans like if they the NBA and the ABA were probably equal in terms of talent. But from what I've seen of how financially stability. Uh, in terms of financial stability, it always feels like the NBA was so much more better than the ABA when it came to handling all this. So on court talent, the ABA probably started to edge out the NBA. By the way, that's kind of a surprise to a ca- like a casual fan who wanted to learn about things, not like the casual fan just goes off things that he doesn't know. Like some casual fan who wants to go deeper and learn more about things like the ABA. They started to acquire more talent near the end. That's from my, my, my thinking and from others thinking. It's like they started to acquire talent. More talent because of why? Because they didn't have that four-year draft eligibility role where they only drafted four-year guys. As compared to the NBA, could just like were drafting high schoolers. They were drafting high schoolers 
college one year two year players that gave them a kind of an edge on talent part of the person which comes to my mind here moses malone i read this segment on moses malone in the book of basketball by the way i knew he played for the u for the utah stars but i never knew he came of high school it's like how how in terms of like the talent they acquired how good they were and made this list of rookies by the way bill simmons it's like he compared the 20 best rookies from 1971 to about 74 i didn't go by rookies necessarily it just went by financial stability from a financial stability standpoint in my mind the nba felt so far ahead the aba because the aba were regularly rotating commissioners like almost had like six seven commissioners in its nine year existence the nba probably wasn't like that but again they and the aba kind of a falling victim to the era of drugs and coke and all that you see how so many stars fell victim to that how so many stars peaked so early into their careers and they should have been peaking in the late 70s but they picked they peaked like at 23 24 years of age and then then they became overpaid selfish passionless and irresponsible at that point except for a few players who at the end of their career like found they reab they found their resurgence now i'm not necessarily saying coke and all these guys but example some guys who peaked really early into their career and and then by they fell off whether it be due to being paid so much or whether it be due to injuries two main examples come i read yesterday the book tiny archibald bob macro who like they had really gaudy stats but they were then traded all around and and then macro got paid and and people called him selfish and all that the tiny felt victim to that horrible horrible injury where he had to kind of change his style on the fly when he went to buffalo he suffered an injury for that new 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 york nets but but in buffalo he kind of suffered an injury and it's like he had to reinvent his style on the fly but caught a break what was it a trade to the, uh, as part of an ownership trade like players from the the buffalo braves going to san diego and the boston celtics because the owner of the boston celtics wanted to become uh, wanted to have, be the owner of a californian franchise so this trade happened archibald goes to the boston celtics who think trades sydney wicks and a and a pick on and the eighth pick freeman williams to the the clippers the brace becoming the clippers and and he played he turns out well he becomes he's the lead guard of the championship winning celtics in 81 and now you compare bob macro again comes to the lakers is a super sub for like 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 for the super sub for the lakers from like 81 to like 
he's he was the main like scorer of the bench because he is highly efficient at the time if you want to go check out some bob mcadoo highlights on youtube he's one of the like seeing watching him on tape it feels like from what i've seen people describe him like as the one of the first jump shooting big didn't necessarily post up and would have thrived on a fast paced team he and he would have from what i've seen he would have really fit in this era though because his style of play would be so much more embraced the jump shooting style in this era it really felt so and the fast pace would again be more embraced in this era the the shooting the scoring for a big man like that and by the way that's that's it i just hopped on just like tell my views and what i've been doing it's mostly a dive into the 1970s basically it's like i've listened to podcasts i've read books it's like i've researched the internet about i'm like why are the 70s so forgot and there was like so much more parody on in the 70s when it came to championships and there were some teams with less impressive regular season records who won titles though it's like yeah yeah like the warriors the blazers and the bullets and it's not far to portland because they won the title but 78 blazers looked like they were better than the 77 team they were 50 and 10 when walton went down same goes to the 76 warriors the championship team made them forget that next year they they were on pace and actually had the best record in the league but whether it be due to injuries or whether it be due to injuries or picking fights or just just choking away that's basically what the warriors did they were 59 win team and they choked a 42 win team in phoenix that's what happened and it's not fair to the bulls either because they were also better next season record wise but again they went to the finals on like these two teams but fell to seattle who they beat in 78 so that's just why i just wanted to get this get this off my chest thoughts on what i've been what i wanted to talk about in the 70s okay and um, by the way media day is only one week from now so hopefully you and the fans can start cheering and see the best see the new acquisitions and new uniforms by the way that's really cool so just hop on the sub see what i've do, been doing for like the past few months right now that's how long i've been doing this researching to the 70s so that's it guys i'm going to be hopping off right now i will see you next time maybe something related to the current nba